This episode of the 3D Insights podcast is brought to you by SEMI, the leading microelectronics industry association with programs that help its members grow their business and address top challenges worldwide. With a global focus on advocacy, the microelectronics supply chain, sustainability, and workforce development, SEMI works with industry leaders to align goals, share best practices, and accelerate progress. Learn more at SEMI.org. Hi there, I'm Francoise Von Trapp, and this is the 3D Insights Podcast. Hi, everyone. We are here for day three of Semicon West 2023, and we are wrapping up this week's podcast recording with a conversation with Ajit Manocha, who is CEO and president of Semi. Welcome to the podcast again, Ajit. It's good to see you. Thank you. Good to see you, too. So, let's talk about how this week went for Semicon West. There was a lot going on. I think this was an amazing week. We had tremendous attendance. We actually did 64% more attendees this this time compared to the last Semicon West uh, in 22. And in Semicon West 22, we had already exceeded the pre-pandemic level of attendance. So, I'm very excited with the uh, massive participation. Plus, we have a lot more exhibits and uh, almost double the space of last time so that people are able to actually walk around without hitting into each other. I really like the new setup, the addition of the beer garden and wine garden and the restaurant space. I think it was really great that you could utilize the whole space. Well, there was a lot of thinking uh, behind in, in planning because uh, Joe Stkunos did a great job in this case uh, making sure that People don't have to run away from the exhibit for uh, other needs like foods and uh, bio breaks and so on. So he did a very good job of planning that everything is here. You can have lots of meetings, a uh, lot of networking uh, areas, uh, the food truck fair, the VIP lounges, the VR zone, the beer and wine garden. The team has done a wonderful job in planning so that the folks, when they come here, they have anything and everything they need to fulfill their day. So I think this is very well done. We were super happy to have such a great spot. Thank you for that, for the podcast. You're um, welcome. You know, very yeah. central location. People could find us really easily. I was happy that it was next to the restroom. Um, <laughs> cut down on the, on the running around right yes. next to the CEO summits. I mean, this I couldn't have asked for a better spot. Let's talk about the three main initiatives of this year's event, which was the Path to Trillion Dollars, the path to net zero, and the path to talent. Yes. You know, these three topics, SEMI has been working for several years. But uh, what happened, uh, I went to a conference uh, held by McKinsey, and they showed a survey done by McKinsey, which McKinsey is, by the way, very good in doing a very good job on surveys. And the survey was done by thousands of CEOs, and the question was, what keeps you awake at night? And there were, of the top five items, these three were of the top five, five items. Path to one trillion, path to net zero, and war for talent. So was this a survey of semiconductor CEOs? I think uh, including semiconductor, but other industries as well. Okay, because the path to trillion... Path to trillion was specific, specific to semiconductors. Specific to semiconductors, yeah. okay. Actually, uh, we modified that path to one trillion because the, the t- actually that survey said about su- supply chain disruptions. Okay, okay. And so I have modified this to say path to one trillion because we won't get to one trillion unless we have the 
supply chain issues sorted out. Right. And we know that our industry is really uh, destined to go to one trillion by 2030. It was about $600 billion in 22. And uh, it took 60 some years to come to $600 billion and going to take next six to seven years to come to one trillion. That's a drastic growth. And uh, for that massive growth, the talent is going to become even more critical. Mm -hmm. The talent shortage will be a challenge. And uh, we have so many climate issues. I mean, you know what's been happening with the weather lately and the fires and uh, heat waves. Mm -hmm. Last year we had uh, freeze in Texas uh, twice, the floods in New York. I mean, there's so much going on in the world, a lot of unpredictable things happening. Just last night, uh, massive tornadoes in, uh, in Chicago. So we are seeing those kind of things happening in different parts of the world, which in many cases never happened before. I know that I watched the news last week where they said they, in some countries, temperature was new record high in hundreds of years or since we started recording. So the climate issues are real, but the supply chain disruption was big impact also from climate with all the, the issues right. which happened last two years. And on top of pandemic, of course, on top of the geopolitical issues, and the U.S.-China trade tensions and so on. So I think the path to one trillion becomes very dependent on the headwinds we have, including the supply chain disruption. So SEMI has been working very actively in developing a new blueprint for supply chain. The just-in-time philosophy that we've used for many years, which worked very well for us, it doesn't work anymore. Ever since the trade tension started uh, between US, China and few other countries, and this pandemic and the climate issues, we have seen all the vulnerabilities we have on the supply chain. So we need to really revisit, is it the just-in-case uh, phenomenon that we need to use for supply chain? Now, supply chain is, is very proprietary and very strategic for mm -hmm. each company. We are not developing a supply chain uh, for every company. We're just developing a blueprint which will have the major factors uh, understood so that how do we deal with this so that we create the right kind of redundancies and that blueprint will show what redundancies we need and that blueprint companies can use to just map it out for their own uh, upstream, downstream suppliers and, and customers and figure it out what the right supply chain is. Let me ask you a question. Um, when we were talking about the path to a trillion dollars, that's a projection, right? But to get there, we have to overcome some of these headwinds, right? We can't be at a trillion dollars if we haven't dealt with the, the climate crisis and if we haven't dealt with the supply chain issues and if we haven't dealt with the talent shortage. I think you're absolutely right. It is all these issues have to be dealt with. Now, let me put it this way. The mm -hmm. climate issues is not going to be solved tomorrow. The one trillion is only a few years away from now, seven years, maybe eight. And I don't think in seven, eight years, we'll have the path to net zero uh, understood and resolved. But mm -hmm. we have to start working on this now. Otherwise, we'll never get this. So these climate issues will definitely create some bumps on the road to for path to one trillion. Talent also, if we don't get the talent, it will hurt us big time. There's a one other issue which we are massively focused here, which uh, we didn't call up a CEO summit on that, 
we use PFAS in our industry at many, many places in the chemistries for photoresistor slurries for CMP and also in the equipment, O-rings and gaskets and vacuum seals. PFAS is used everywhere. And industry has been very responsible and accountable to make sure that we are not polluting the environment or the ground. Uh, I remember that uh, when I started in the industry, we used less than 10 elements of the product table. Today we use more than 80 elements of the product table and that one element means multiple hundreds of compounds on that element. So we're talking about many, many compounds, materials, gases, so on. And our industry has been super responsible, accountable with those materials and we, I don't know there were any major accidents we ever had. So we've been very responsible. But, but PFAS, we have hit a brick wall. At this time, we don't see the alternate chemistries which can replace PFAS and continue to make our chips the way we make today. I think the other three topics we talked about, they will have impact, they will slow us down, but PFAS will shut us down because some of the regulators are calling for no more use of PFAS in 2025 or 26 around the world. Now, unfortunately, as I said, it's not that we have been ignoring this. We have been working on this. Every single company has been trying. A lot of universities have been working on it. SRC is our partner. They have been working on it. We just don't see a path forward yet. Now, we have to expedite the research by putting more money on the research for advanced chemistries or alternate chemistries. So my plea to the regulators has been, please join hands with us. Give us some relief on the timeline so that we can keep the industry running. Why I'm so serious about keeping the industry running? First of all, we don't even know how much is harmful or not harmful, mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter. We don't want to put anything in the ground. We can take care of some of the abatements and some of the emission issues, but we cannot totally stop it. Now, if we shut it down, it's not shutting mm -hmm. down our industry. It will shut down the world. We learned that lesson during pandemic. The semiconductor is central to everything we do. It's central to our human lives. It's central to every industry. And right. you know the chip shard is shut down a lot of companies. So this is going to be the serious impact. So PFAS will be very critical. So that's why I see the role of uh, government is very important. So I've been personally spending time with EPA and likes of EPA in EU and in uh, Japan and uh, South Korea. And I think they understand the problem. They are sympathetic to the situation that we are in. I have not succeeded yet in establishing a partnership where I can say we will not be hampered in 2025 and keep going. But this is an ongoing discussion and I'm not going to stop. This is the highest priority for SEMI. And we're going to support our members and work with the governments. And uh, I am pretty sure we'll, we'll make some solution out of this. Second topic the, on the talent. There's also a need for the governments to be involved. STEM education has been going down in the Western world, uh, definitely in U.S. We all know that. It's gone down from 20, 30% in the, in the elementary schools to, to, to almost 10% now. So we need to really reverse that uh, trend. And, uh, and it's also the STEM education in Asia, Asian countries is still very popular. But overall population is uh, going down. 
there used to be two plus children to a couple now is 1.3 children plus per couple so our industry is going to double as in our population is going half so you can see the problem sami has been very actively working on the workforce development and for me there are many areas where we have some low hanging fruits and we are putting a lot of efforts on that and again the role of government is very important the most significant area that we are focused right now is the veterans work i when i was ceo of global foundries i hired 350 veterans and they were the most amazing and the best workers for the lab and fab work and now sami has launched a massive initiative on the uh, reskilling veterans uh, last year at sami invest and this year again we are expediting on that in fact we have number of initiatives which will provide us uh, the kind of short term results and basically our goal is to build the talent pipeline and we have done some calculations with the number of new fabs coming uh, sami publishes the data as of last week our new report shows 91 new fabs are coming on board in the world between now and 2026 and that means we need lots of people everywhere but in us alone we're talking about the north of uh, 3 quarter of a million workforce needed between now and 2030 and many of them are technicians and semi has a very comprehensive program and we are addressing that that was the focus of this uh, semi convest also multiple parallel sessions going on to address the uh, key initiatives we have and uh, that's going very well on the path to net zero again uh, very inspiring speeches by the keynote uh, by the ceos uh, yesterday and i'm very happy the, to say that there's definitely need for the collaboration why i say this all four topics path to net zero the the war for talent and the pfas and and uh, and journey to 1 trillion with the redesign supply chain these topics are so difficult no single ceo no single company no single country can solve by individually that has to be done by collaboration and you know sami's slogan has been from the from the inception connect collaborate innovate and connect means sami convest and other sami events around the world we connect people people come and network and collaborate is our middle name so these four topics we're talking about with the three ceo summits and our focus is to really play our role and and, and justify our name bring folks together from all facets of uh, segments including the governments because governments have a role to play in all these four topics and deal with the most daunting challenges that we have all this leads to a lot of innovation because we're going to innovate uh, with new ideas to solve these problems and so on so i'm very excited about the attention in the semicon west the involvement in the semicon west contents that we are talking about and the excitement of people saying wow these are the right topics to work with i got so much feedback from many people saying best semicon ever and so on and so on uh, and personally i enjoyed it because i met with so many smart people here so many passionate people about these topics and i feel confi- confident that we will achieve our goals as we stated here i remember ajit when you first came on board 7 years ago that the talent shortage was one of your primary goals and even back then before all of the chip shortage before all of this stuff happened it's almost like that you saw the writing on the wall to me it's frustrating that it always takes some sort of catastrophe 
to make people sit up and listen. But I appreciate your foresight, and I think that you've set us up with SEMI to really address these challenges, and it's really um, great hearing people say how we can't be passing this on to our kids. We're not just saying we have this goal so that somebody else can pick it up when we retire, that we really need to address this now. So I'm, I think that's where people are picking up on your passion and knowing that we need to run with it. Well, thank you. And I think uh, this is really uh, interesting that, uh, as I said, I've been in the industry more than four decades and I've seen lots of ups and downs and up cycles and down cycles. But I never saw so many killer applications and so many uh, disruptions in the industry, which is uh, really uh, making it very exciting. And now I see there's so many new innovations and applications uh, like see the 5G and 6G and uh, autonomous, uh, not autonomous vehicles, only autonomous machines, uh, AI, uh, quantum computing. All these things are really fueling the growth of semiconductors. So some, sometimes I feel I wish I was starting this industry now instead of four decades ago. So that excitement was there when I started at Semi that wow, the outlook would look so promising. So that's why actually I remember that I projected that we grow to $1 trillion in 2017. And subsequently, many research companies have underpinned $1 trillion with actually saying how much memory will grow, how much non-memory right. will grow. I mean, every segment and how the end products, the consumer industry will grow because of semiconductors. So I think this is this is given, it's going to happen. But at the same time, headwinds will slow us down here and there. And we need to be very proactive in dealing with headwinds. And the most of the important headwind that we have to deal with is the, the PFAS saga that I talked about. Because that will shut us down, other things will slow us down. Well, I think if, you know, PFAS isn't just applying to semiconductors, but other industries as Absolutely. well. You know, the airline industry, PFAS are everywhere. Including Department of Defense is very dependent on PFAS. So we have had meetings with Department of Defense, with EPA, with EU, with METI in Japan, MOTI in Korea, everywhere. So we are on top of this and uh, we got a lot of work to do here. Well, I think one thing to highlight or to wrap up is that we have the potential to be a trillion dollar industry by 2030. We can reach that potential by addressing all of these other issues. Absolutely. In fact, I feel this is up to us right. to achieve it or leave the money on the table. Right. So if we really work hard and address these challenges, we'll make it. And otherwise, it will slow us down. So. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and helping me wrap up Semicon West 2023. And I look forward to next year, but also seeing you at the next event, maybe in uh, Semicon Europa in November. Thank you. Likewise. Okay, Please. take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. On August 3rd, we'll be wrapping up our coverage of Semicon West with the 3D Insights Member Spotlight Semicon West Edition. There's lots more to come, so tune in next time to the 3D Insights Podcast. The 3D Insights Podcast is a production of 3D Insights, LLC.